you're in the middle of Murph and you're, you know, however you're breaking it up and you're doing air squats, you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about anything other than I just need a squat, stand Mm -hmm. back up, count one more time and keep breathing, you know, and it, it really becomes this major exercise in presence, which is so powerful because you leave there and yes, you feel better physically and you know, you, you had a workout, but you also were totally present for that time when you were doing something and you didn't have a phone, you didn't have any distractions. It was just you and the breath and just back to basics. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of a series of Pursuing Health stories. Here, I feature inspiring stories of regular everyday people who've used lifestyle to overcome some incredible health challenges. And in this week's episode, I share a conversation with Michael Astorino who talks about his journey from a young lacrosse athlete managing a chronic stomach condition known as gastroparesis to a college sophomore struggling with alcohol and drug abuse. When Michael recognized that his addictions were damaging his relationships and preventing him from upholding commitments, he sought help from others who were sober. And with their support, he started on a path to self-betterment. Along the way, fitness, spirituality, and mindfulness have all played key roles in his recovery. And in this conversation, Michael shares how he came to recognize the power of living life in the present moment and just how CrossFit helps him live a life free of alcohol and drugs, focused on connecting with the ones he loves most. Before we dive into the episode, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. So with that, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I am very excited to be here with Michael Astorino. Um, difficult last name to pronounce, but I think I got it. <laughs> kind of like mine. And so I'm just really excited to connect with you and hear your story. I know you have a, a really incredible story, um, personal health story, spirituality story, and CrossFit. So a lot of my favorite things to talk about. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Julie. Awesome. Well, why don't we start off with just your life growing up, um, in school through high school, I know you were really into sports growing up. And so tell us a little bit about what that time was like for you. Absolutely. So when I was a kid, I had the, I had the, um, the life of, if it's nice out, you have to be outside. And, uh, so I had the, I have a younger brother and, uh, we had a lot of people in our neighborhood. And so I really grew up playing sports, um, outside Mm -hmm. uh we we had a spot that we would go was at the end of our street and you know we would play football we would play baseball we would sort of play all these you know games that kids play just running around you know really having a good time and as I got into school and got into organized sports you know I was really into hockey and lacrosse and then I eventually um became a just lacrosse all year round um that was really the thing that I loved and you know, it really brings out that sort of uh, competitive side, which I think as we as we go through and talk, I'll get into, you know, sort of losing that and then getting that back um, through CrossFit, which is really a, a, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I was uh, I loved playing lacrosse in high school. Um, it was really I was really passionate. And when I was 
16 years old, I actually developed uh, a medical thing in my stomach. I have gastroparesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I, I was really sick. And, you know, I had I had a lot of, uh, you know, stomach trouble. Mm-hmm. But Can I was able to... for people listening what gastroparesis is? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my stomach doesn't move. Um, and so when I went to the doctor, I got a lot of tests of, okay, what, what is really the problem here? You know, what is, uh, why, why isn't it moving? And, you know, most of the common uh, medical things associated with gastroparesis all came back fine. So it was really kind of one of those things where I was having trouble digesting food. uh, And, you know, they, you know, they, you know, told me, Hey, listen, this is what you have. Here's how we're going to try to treat it. And, um, you know, we don't know really what's causing it, but, uh, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things that's seen a lot of times, probably one of the more common causes is diabetes with when you, if you have neuropathy to the stomach and so your nerves aren't working right, so you're not having the right stomach motility. So for you to have it diagnosed, um, so young and without an explanation is a little bit strange. And obviously it's, it's one of those things that's, I think, hard to treat and hard to often identify the cause. Absolutely. Yeah. And my dad uh, actually had uh, developed diabetes later in his life. So they thought that that could have possibly been the culprit. Um, And his diabetes is totally managed through, you know, exercise and diet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I never tested anything near, you know, a diabetic level when I would do a fasting blood test or any of that. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, I I interrupted you a little bit, but tell us a little bit about um, what you were doing for the gastroparesis and how that affected you. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, it it really had to change the way I eat and it changed the relationship that I had with food. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as a 16 year old kid, you know, I felt really kind of trapped by that because I couldn't just, you know, have McDonald's or eat a lot of pizza or, you know, do any of those things. It was, uh, it was challenging. Right. And so I learned, you know, pretty early on that this food thing, we all get together and we sit down and we have these meals and, you know, because I had some sort of anxiety about that, it became uh, challenging. Um, But, you know, the one thing that always sort of, I always felt good doing, and I always uh, really enjoyed was playing lacrosse, right? Just being out there on the lacrosse field. And, and really, it was my first sort of exercise and being present, you know, mm-hmm. just, just being out there, not worrying about what I was going to have for dinner, or how my stomach was going to feel, mm-hmm. and just really focusing on the thing that I was doing at the time. And, you know, for me, that was just, it was really healing. And there's, uh, there's a lot of great Native American uh, literature about how lacrosse was the healing game and how, um, you know, they used to play lacrosse games for people who are sick. Uh, And so I could really relate to that, you know, and when I found that out, I, you know, it made me even fall in love more with it. That's amazing. Wow. So lacrosse became sort of your main sport and also helped you just really learn how to be present by playing it. Um, what happened then as you finished high, I know that the transition from high school to college can be a big one, especially when you're not playing sports anymore. It was for me or after, you know, after high school, whatever you end up doing for me, um, I still remember my last day of gymnastics in high school, my coach looking at me and being like, so what are you going to do next year? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I looked at different clubs that I could join and none of them really seem the same, but it's hard when you go from having a structured sport, something that you love, a coach, a team to having to figure it out on your own. I'm so happy that you can relate to that because it is a really (laughs) big 
sort of jump. And so I ended up, I, I got, um, I got hurt playing lacrosse and I ended up not, uh, continuing college. And so going to college and walking in, you know, there's a whole lot of things that I didn't have. I didn't have that camaraderie aspect of the team, you mm-hmm. know, sort of working towards a common goal. Uh, I think also I lost a little bit of that, you know, just self betterment drive because mm-hmm. wasn't, didn't have to train for lacrosse, didn't have to go to the gym anymore. Didn't, you know, have to do any of those things. And, and, and I think I, you know, was a little bit aimless, you know, sort of, you know, walked around lost. And I really, you know, during that time, as I entered college, I really started uh, getting into uh, alcohol and drugs as, as sort of a coping mechanism, right. For, for some things that I had lost and, and also just because it was there and, you know, in the beginning uh, it wasn't a problem. It was just something that I was doing, but as time went on uh, and I was, you know, wandering aimlessly sort of looking Mm -hmm. for this direction, uh, you know, it became a much bigger part of my life and I started to really struggle. Uh, You know, my, in my, spring semester of sophomore year at school, uh, you know, I sort of really went off the rails and I wasn't able to finish classes. And I started having a really hard time with just the basic schoolwork and, and, and doing things like that. And so it really, it really was starting to become a pretty big problem in my life. And it was something that, you know, I needed to look at, I definitely needed some help with, but I just wasn't really sure, you know, where to go or, or how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the following year, uh, I was still kind of in the same place, the same thing. And then I was able to meet some people who um, had successfully stopped drinking and using drugs. And I sort of, you know, latched onto them and started to grow with them um, and, you know, try to put that put that stuff away and, and start on a path to to self-betterment. That's amazing. And that's amazing that you were able to get on that path relatively quickly um, from the point where it became a problem. Um, and I'm sure it wasn't just, you know, one thing or one moment, but can you speak to any of the factors that help you get to that place where you knew you wanted to stop drinking and using drugs? Um, obviously having the, the right people come across your path who had done it and seeing that was possible and the people, you know, surrounding yourself with those type of people is extremely important, but I imagine there's probably some other factors that played a role too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question and a great point. You know, during this time, my gastroparesis was largely unmanaged. Uh, I was, you know, I was taking uh, an antacid uh, to try to help with some of the acid buildup. But other than that, I was not doing anything that would be good (laughs) for somebody who had a problem with their stomach emptying and putting loads of alcohol in there uh, certainly was making the situation a lot worse. Um, And so really just being sick, right? Being not feeling well uh, was such a driving factor in me sort of making this decision and, and trying to seek out people who had, you know, gotten through this and, and sort of turned their life around because mm-hmm. it was a constant thing all the time. I mean, the things that normal everyday people do, go to class, do their homework, mm-hmm. right? Eat, hopefully three meals a day at the dining hall uh, of food. Those were things that I just wasn't able to successfully do uh, for one reason or another. And, you know, so all of that being said, it sort of led me to this place where I was really willing to find somebody or find a group of people that I would just say, hey, I need some guidance. 
you know, and it's really hard for a 21 year old kid to sort of, to do that, right. To just, mm-hmm. to, to be like, Hey, listen, it seems like you have something that, you know, maybe I would like to be a part of. Can you kind of tell me how you did it? Or, you know, can you sort of show me that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was a really, it was a really humbling experience to have to go through that. Um, and I came from right this high school athlete who I felt like I was on top of the world. I could, you know, do whatever mm-hmm. I wanted athletically and, and things were going really well there to a couple of years later, just being like, Oh my God, I don't, I don't even, you know, know where to go. And so that uh, process sort of began this spiritual growth mm-hmm. that I started to have to go through uh, and that I wanted to go through because it, it was just, it opened my eyes totally to so many different things. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So can you talk about what that process was like, you know, once you came to the point of you met these people who you know, had, uh, were sober and you knew you wanted to be around them. Um, I imagine it didn't happen overnight. So what did that process look like for you um, making those changes you needed to make or wanted to make in your life? Yeah. So it, it really was once I met these people and sort of fell in with them and, and started to, to go through this, it was really about, you know, working on some sort of spiritual connection and also going through the process of, you know, trying to, you know, clean up the past and, and fix the things that, that I had done that were, you know, the, the things that you, that you do when you're, when I was drinking and, and doing drugs and just not being a good person because mm-hmm. I was, you know, drinking too much and doing too many drugs and not remembering some of these things that I did, but then also remembering them and being, you know, horrified that, oh my God, you know, this sort of stuff happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so once I started this, this spiritual journey, part of that journey was going back and, and, you know, cleaning up the past and, and doing my best to fix any of those situations that I could, uh, and then also turn around and be helpful in any of those situations, uh, you know, going forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the, I, w- I was very young when I did this. Yeah. Um, and it, it seems funny to say, but that process of sort of going back and having these real human conversations with people about what happened and, you know, what it's like now and, and, and my understanding of the way things affected them and then also allowing them time to speak and say, hey, yeah, that really bothered me. But also this one other thing you did really bothered me too. Mm-hmm. Tremendously humbling. Uh, and, and really a great experience, but what developed out of that was very good lifelong friendships Mm -hmm. and also just this idea of wanting to be a better person and live a better life and to further pursue the spiritual, to move in the, in the sort of, uh, spiritual direction or higher power direction, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I think such a healthy practice for, for everyone to go through, whether it's, you know, in the process of becoming sober or for any other reason, I think, you know, I last year went through a similar process in my life, mostly just because it was a a life transition, a time where I finally had time and space to think and was really, my eyes were really opened to the people and relationships in my life. And, you know, people that I had inadvertently hurt along the way, um, people that I had pushed away without realizing it. And, it's hard, like you said, having those conversations, those real conversations, but it is incredible um, what it does in your life. So um, I can definitely relate on that level. 
yeah, uh, it, it, it really is a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what else did you learn kind of through this process of self-discovery about what led you down the path that you were on and um, like finding the ways to then correct or figure out where you wanted to be and where you wanted to go? So as I started to do this, I, you know, I started to develop these relationships again, right? Which is sort of just what you talk about and sort of move through what had happened and move into becoming the person that I wanted to be, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and again, that process at a young age is really challenging to sort of figure out now here I am with a college degree mm-hmm. um, in uh, a field, which is, uh, heavily applicable, but also didn't know where I wanted to go or how I wanted to apply it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to, you know, it was through a conversation that I had of cleaning up the past where I had volunteered to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did not show up. And not only did I let the person who vouched for me down, right, but I also had let it, the the kids down too, right? I had volunteered to coach lacrosse when I was in college as a way to give back to this lacrosse program that I love so much. And I, um, yeah, I just didn't show up. I was, I just, I didn't. And so when I went back to that person, um, you know, that conversation really launched my life in this direction, which I don't know if it would have gone into had I not had that conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was able to then start to volunteer and give my time back. And uh, start to help, you know, coach and, and give back to this game that I love. I, it helps a lot that it was also at the school that I went to, mm-hmm. um, which made it even more special to me. And so for the next several years, the thing that I wanted to do the most was coach lacrosse and give back. And I, uh, oh. I like to joke that I just took jobs so that I could coach lacrosse, but it's really not a joke. I would take <laughs> a job whatever it was, as long as I could leave by the end of the school day so I could be there to coach. And, um, you know, whether it was the season or the off season, it was really, you know, 11 months out of the year, we had some sort of programming. So just being able to do that uh, was, was just a life-changing experience in so many ways. That's amazing. Um, and I think what you said too about starting off with volunteering um, makes it really meaningful too. I think that that's something that that I found to be helpful for me during this time was, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in all the things that you have to do, but really, really digging deep to figure out the intentions of why you're doing what you're doing and doing things purely because you want to help people or you want to give back or use whatever gifts you have to help someone else. Um, and not necessarily tell anybody else about it, not broadcast it, but just do it and then have the satisfaction like personally for doing it. Um, is also really healing. So I think it's really cool that you, you know, you started off with volunteering and that you were planning your, you know, your jobs around it just so that you could do that. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, I think really you're, what you're describing is such a, um, it is, it's such a, a spiritual concept too, right. To just freely give. And then the things that, that you're giving, right. It's going to come back to you in some sort of way. You know, I never intended to, um, you know, make a, a mini career out of coaching lacrosse, you know, it was just a thing that I was doing. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, Hey, you're pretty good at this. And also, you know, you're connecting with these young kids and you are, you know, 
helping to teach them how to play a game, but also getting to apply, you know, real life lessons Mm -hmm. through a game. And that was such an important thing for me to be able to do is to be able to really get in there at a little bit of a younger age than, than I was able to receive that coaching just because of the way that the school structured it now versus when I went through um, and be able to work with those kids a couple years earlier and sort of get them into a program and a culture and, you know, something bigger than themselves and, and, and all that stuff. And so really just what I was saying was, you know, the free giving, and then all of a sudden, all these things start to come to you. And it's like, it's remarkable. It's so remarkable. Just taking that first step oftentimes, and then it's amazing all the other things that start to come. Um, Well, then I know eventually you ended up finding CrossFit and that has also had an impact on you. So can you talk about how you found CrossFit and what role it plays in your life now? Yes. So in 2015, I went to uh, a CrossFit class with my um, then girlfriend, now wife. Uh, and I, it so was had she a, been doing it first. Was she already doing it and you went with her? She was. So she oh, cool. had been doing it for about a year. Okay. And, um, you know, actually, I recently found the uh, um, on ramp uh, program guide. Yeah. To her, the gym that she was going to. And I thought it was so cool because it was just old journal articles and like just very, you know, (laughs) basic, awesome things that, uh, that were so great. But I went to this class and, um, I, I always loved, you know, I went to the gym and just worked out after college and to just try to be in shape, but with, without any sort of, um, direction. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, uh, we had a workout and I think it was, toes to bar, which as my first day, I could not really do. Um, <laughs> of course not. And then, yeah. And then it was hang clean, which I was surprisingly good at because we had, that was one of our major lifts that we had trained for lacrosse and mm-hmm. burpees. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was like a 15 minute AMRAP of that. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember leaving that class and feeling good and, and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason, I just, that was it. It just didn't fit in my life at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm also going to throw in that a couple weeks or months after that, I went for a hike with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I told her that afterwards that I would never hike with her again. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because both of those things, I sort of walked away from at that time. And then they sort of came back into my life and turned out to be things that, um, you know, are really important to me. So I continued to sort of go to this, you know, to the gym and just do a classic bodybuilding split of weightlifting. And I finally had to give up coaching lacrosse because I bought a house and I needed a career, not a job that I could just leave at three o'clock every day. And so for, you know, for, for several reasons, I, I eventually had to stop doing that. And what fell into my life in, in place of that was, CrossFit. And so I went um, to a different, uh, you know, CrossFit gym around here and I did the on-ramp and I was totally, I said, I'm going to give myself 60 days. Mm -hmm. If if I like this after 60 days, I'm going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And the further I got into it, the more that I liked it. And there's 
so many offshoots of this conversation that we could that we could really go into. But I think the one, you know, a couple really interesting things that I'll bring up right away is there are so many movements to be good at. Mm-hmm. And there are always things to work on. And it sort of brought me to a place where I wanted to work on those things and try to get better at them for purely self-betterment. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved going to um, going to the 6am class. It's where I primarily went. And I loved all of the people there. And I loved the community and I loved all of those things. But I also really loved this idea of just trying to become a better athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that was something that really attracted me to this right away was, oh, man, now that I've started working out like this and doing this, I genuinely want to do better in the physical realm, right, in this area of my life. And it started like to re to reignite this drive of, you know, it was not about like competing or, you know, I've never, I don't even think I've ever been in a competition except the open, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's a big it's competition. About, yeah, <laughs> it's a big competition, but it's just really about, um, you know, getting better. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And I, I totally agree with you where it becomes not about just working out to be healthy, to burn calories, to, you know, go through the motions, but it's all about what you can do. And there's always something to work on. Like you said, that's a, a big reason why I think I was attracted to it to begin with also. It, absolutely. And it's, you know, the other piece of it that was very important to me, and, and I talked about it a little bit about wanting to become a better athlete, but I then wanted to do things outside of CrossFit as just, you know, physical goal or mm-hmm. something that, uh, was interesting to me, or I thought that I could try. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that doing a classic bodybuilding split is not going to do that for you, but it just didn't do it for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I needed, I needed to get to a place where I was, you know, had this sort of passion reignited in me. And then now I want to do all these things, right? I want to go hike all these mountains. I want to go, you know, which turned out to be a phenomenal activity for me and my wife and now our son to do, right? And I wanted to, you know, I just run a half marathon because let's just try it, you know, and, and, and sort of see how it goes. And so, you know, that process for me, it, it brought me back to this place of being, you know, young and a kid and, and playing backyard games that I mentioned and being on the lacrosse field and just not really worrying about things. And, you know, when, you know, if you're in the middle of Murph and you're, you know, however you're breaking it up and you're doing air squats, you're not thinking about work. You're yeah. not thinking about anything other than I just need a squat, stand mm-hmm. back up, count one more time and keep breathing, you know, and it, it really becomes this major exercise in presence, which is so powerful because you leave there and yes, you feel better physically and, you know, you, you had a workout, but you also were totally present for that time when you were doing something and you didn't have a phone, you didn't have any distractions. It was just you and the breath and just back to basics. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. I love that. I, I often find CrossFit workouts to be a form of meditation too. Sometimes, you know, the 
I get really interesting insights that come to me, or I just, I mean, it, it is a way to completely clear my head um, and process through everything that, you know, maybe had been in my head before and just, just start fresh. So I can relate to that as well. And I think, and I, I believe that you have some, you know, meditation experience outside of CrossFit mm-hmm. and, you know, bringing that in, it really does become this, you know, mm-hmm. I have saw probably, you know, some of the greatest, you know, work challenges or life challenges that I've <laughs> faced in the middle of a workout, Absolutely. you know, and it, it just, it, you just, you get tuned in, right. And you just, it comes to you. And when it comes to you, it, it becomes as like in a meditative practice where we, you know, you have a thought and you acknowledge the thought and it moves on. That's what happens. You mm-hmm. get a thought and you solve the problem. And then you're like, okay, great. Oh man, I still got 30 calories on the air bike. Let's go. <laughs> right. You know? And it's, yeah, that's, it's remarkable. Right. And you can't get too caught up in it and, you know, let your mind wander because you're going to be, have to bring your focus right back to doing that next burpee or that next pull up or whatever it is that you're focusing on taking a breath. Um, that's amazing. Absolutely. I know, you know, I've had other guests on in the past that have talked about using CrossFit, um, as a means to overcome addiction of various types. And I'm curious about your perspective on that as well, about some of the, what, what are some of the things about CrossFit that may make it helpful for someone who's working on overcoming an addiction? Great question. Um, <laughs> you know, I think for me, CrossFit was very applicable. Uh, the principles and the sort of the movement and the things that we were doing, the, the meditation, right, while you're working out. I think that all of those things were, were tremendously helpful. I don't know the name of it. And I apologize, because I can't plug whoever is doing this. But I know there are some CrossFit locations on the West Coast that the only uh, requirement for membership is that you have four, I believe it's 48 hours sober. Okay. Um, and you can go, you can drop in and work out and they don't, you know, charge you anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was lucky enough to have a really, really solid foundation and I think that the foundation that I had in recovery with the people who I um, met and who sort of helped lead me there made the principles and the application of CrossFit exponentially more helpful. Mm. If I didn't have some of the spiritual beliefs that I had or the, um, or the like uh, just self-betterment ideas Mm -hmm. with going there for me just for me personally I would have been like well what does a burpee have to do with you know like (laughs) getting better um but the other thing is that there are a lot of really great coaches out there that have you know l1 l2 l3 that spend time you know understanding the things that you know are helpful to Mm -hmm. athletes and and correct movement patterns and I think that if I didn't have that foundation, I'm sure that there would be coaches there who would sort of guide me to get to that um, end result, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that there's so many just life lessons and truths to be learned through CrossFit that can be learned through in sort of the physical movement and then applied in other aspects of your life. And so having that 
um, mindset going in probably helped you to make those connections a lot more quickly. Absolutely. 100%. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Well, this has been amazing. I want to start wrapping up with three questions that I ask everyone towards the end of the podcast. Um, the first one is what are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? So I think the first thing, um, is to just to get hooked up with some sort of prayer or mm -hmm. meditation or whatever that sort of daily practice for you looks like. Um, and when I talk about spiritual terms, I try to really be broad, roomy, all inclusive, because mm -hmm. I have had some tremendous conversations with some awesome people who, if you ask them, you know, do you believe in God? Or what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? They would tell you no, but they're very happy to talk to get into like karma or some sort of universe thing or like, hey, isn't that a funny coincidence, you know? And so I think whatever, what, whatever that is, whatever that is for people, mm -hmm. um, is, is super important. Um, but some sort of breathing practice mm -hmm. for me is, is really helpful. I've recently been focusing on a lot of breathing That's and, cool. um, and, and that has really, uh, it's changed a lot, right. It's made me focus more on it during my workouts. Um, and it's just, it's been helpful. Uh, and I think the second piece for me is that also some physical movement, you know, uh, I had, I had just a lot of anxiety about my stomach and things going on and, and moving just allowed such a release of that anxiety and, and of those things in a physical way that, uh, without, without moving, I, I wouldn't, I don't get that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, probably number two. And I think for number three, it would probably be um, just some sort of like self betterment or, or self understanding of like, where am I going? And, and, and how am I getting there? And that is a skill that for me is uh, takes time to develop. And I'm, I'm not an expert at it. You know, I recently, uh, I recently had to do like a mock presentation. And it, I only had 90 seconds mm -hmm. to talk. And, you know, the feedback that I got from the people there was, you know, hey, you could have done a little better here. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that, like, this was a really big self-growth moment for me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I like to have a couple minutes to get going yeah. as I'm speaking and, and as I'm going. And so, you know, it's like, okay, this is good. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try to develop, right, this other skill of, just if somebody asks you a question, just be able to get to it right away mm -hmm. and not need, you know, a five or 10 minute intro in mm -hmm. order to get there. Because after those couple of minutes, right, we start to flow and you're feeling good and it just, it sort of happens. And then it's like, oh my God, 45 minutes has gone by, you right. know, where, right. how did we get here? Um, and so I was able to take somebody who I work with and we started doing like a daily challenge and we would just, we, we had a couple sets of questions that we were working on refining our answers to. And we, um, and we've been, you know, applying that for the past couple of weeks. And it's funny because in the beginning, both of us, our answers were just not that good. And, you know, <laughs> we would just sort of set the clock and say, okay, you have 30 seconds to answer this question. Um, and, you know, now it's, it's starting to get smooth. And so I think that, you know, being able to take some sort of inventory, right. Good and bad of what's going on with me is, 
is super important to, to move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. You can see the connection again between, you know, in CrossFit, you're looking at, okay, what are my times? What are my weights? Where am I at? Where do I want to improve? What do I have to do to get there? Um, and then you can apply that to every single area of life and it gives you, you know, just so much meaning and purpose to be on that path of constant improvement. Absolutely. I have to ask too, how is your gastroparesis now? And what are the things, any lifestyle things you said, movement helps a lot, but what are any of the other lifestyle things that you found to be helpful? So I, I, you know, from a medical standpoint, I definitely still have gastroparesis and I, I still have my symptoms. Um, the removal of stress Mm. has diminished, um, you know, some of the intensity of that. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I wish it just, you know, it was gone, right? Like it was just like, Oh, yep. It's, it's solved it a hundred percent. But I would say the removal of stress really took away a a large chunk, you know, more than 50% of just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I attribute a lot of that to, a daily practice of meditation, right. Mm-hmm. And, and trying to just breathe and, and stay calm and, you know, develop the skill of, Hey, I'm really stressed right now. I need to walk away for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that was, uh, I mean, two other things really. So movement definitely helps. I think that, um, you know, I, you would probably be able to describe the specifics, right? Like my biomarkers about why, you know, metabolic conditioning improves all sorts of, you know, things in your life, but moving and, and doing things like that, you know, sometimes it's not CrossFit, right? Sometimes I can't get a workout in and, you know, it's just like, Hey, let's do yoga for 30 minutes, right? Those things um, also uh, diminish the, you know, the intensity. And the other thing is that, you know, my relationship with food from when I was 16 to, to where I am now is dramatically changed. Mm. And, Um, you know, I have certain foods that I eat and that I don't eat, and I'm fairly rigid in, uh, in those things, you know, it's not, it's not just about, you know, the food, right. Or the calories It actually really has nothing to do with that. It's mostly just about if I eat, if, and for me, it's like, if I eat like a lot of bread, Mm -hmm. I love, I grew up Italian, tons of pasta, (laughs) tons of bread. Um, and yeah. And if I eat a lot of that, it just doesn't empty. And the doctors told me that when I was 16, but I was just like, listen, I'm 16. I'm going to go to Subway and eat, you know, meatball sauce all the time. Right. It's hard to a hundred percent. And so, you know, my relationship with food and what I eat and, uh, you know, it's, it, that has also really, you know, sort of helped to make it you know, to, to a place where, you know, it's, it's under control. Right. And it's the best that it can be. I recently, um, went to the doctor and, you know, just like a gastro follow-up after a couple of years. And, um, you know, I got scoped and, and when he was done, he was like, yeah, we're not even coming in for follow-up. Everything looks fine. You know? You st- and so that's like, that's remarkable, right? It's a sign of like, okay, whatever I was doing then at that point, I should probably keep doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when you give your body what it needs and you take out the bad stuff that it doesn't need. Like, you know, you take out the bread and the other foods, the stress, and you give it all the stuff that it needs, like exercise and meditation and 
somehow it finds its equilibrium. Right. And, you know, it's the same with that. It's, it's with the body, but it's also just with my life, right? Like yeah. if I can just take out the things that I don't need, yes. um, you know, I often like to say to myself, you know, give me everything I need and take away everything I don't. And yeah. it's not my job to decide what sort of package I get, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of gift in it just, it comes mm-hmm. right. And that's, and that's remarkable. And I, and I know, you know, you've talked a little bit about, you know, going through that transformation process yourself and it's just like, Oh, I asked a question and then was presented with an answer. <laughs> right. And you know what? This actually might kind of hurt a little bit right now. Right. Um, but then you get beyond that and you get down the road and it's it like, wow, it was, it was this sort of acute uh, discomfort mm-hmm. to open up, you know, some sort of freedom, freedom as opposed to like years of just minor irritating discomfort and never <laughs> sort of getting through it. Yes. It's amazing. I love that you just said that because it is amazing when you really want it and you're open to it, what will happen in your life. And, um, like you said, it's the things that taking out what you don't need. Sometimes there's so many things that we're clinging to that we think we need, or that we think are, are helping us or comfortable. But when we really step back and look at it and, and cut ties from those things that we know, are maybe not having a good influence on us. Um, it's amazing what can happen. And like you said, yeah, there may be some temporary discomfort, but if you just trust the process, it's amazing. The, the things that will happen on the other side. So you're right. And I've never been let down when I've trusted the process, you know, like I, I, and I'll just tell this, I showed up at the CrossFit gym and I, I genuinely asked, I was like, listen, I have, I know how to Olympic lift. I don't think I need to go through the on-ramp program. <laughs> and, and the coach was like, you know what? You, you, I, I trust you, but you should just do it. And it's like, boy, if I had skipped that, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so many just like little fundamental principles that I would have, you know, blown by mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe tried to muscle through and get myself into a scenario where, you know, two months in, I'm trying to RX a workout and, you know, the clean weight is, you know, like, wh- you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, I could do that maybe once. And it's like sets of 10 for five rounds like that, you know, understanding to scale and to sort of just be like, hey, listen, this is about good movement. This is not about where I stack up uh, in this class. And then eventually, right, those things come mm-hmm. and you get to a place where you're like, okay that workout looks pretty tough, but I think that I'm going to be able to gut through this one. And then other days you show up and you're like, you know what? It's not happening. I cannot (laughs) put that weight on the bar today. Right. Right. Yeah. And it is, it is amazing. Just like another one of those life lessons that CrossFit can teach you is start with the basics. If you put that time in up front to do learn the basics well and have consistency, it's going to pay off more when you look at where you are five or 10 years down the road versus trying to you know, push too hard, too fast and cut corners and then end up with injuries or poor movement patterns that come back to bite you later on. So, right. And the, and the, yeah. And the consistency piece is so, is so great because when you consistently do it, whether it's CrossFit or meditation or a daily practice, right. Eating your food, the results come. And, you know, sometimes when you're going through it, it's like taking a medication, right? If you take a medication for a couple weeks and it's built up in your system and it's working, you can start 
taking it every other day, maybe, or every third day, and maybe just feel like a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. But if you just take it every day, like it works, whatever it is, you know, and, and for me personally, that consistency piece, I'm really trying to work on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mentioned my son is one and he is awesome. He is all over the place, but like, sometimes I'm just not going to have time to go downstairs and warm up and do a 20 minute workout and then stretch. And so some days it's like, you know, like it just, you know, Hey, I'm going to do hundred burpees. And I happen to do it on all three floors of the house because I was following him around and yeah, you know, that that's how it is. And actually, you know, like the morning five that you used to have, you know, yeah. like, it's just like, I have the time to do couple things each day and if I consistently do them I will see results even if it's not this big huge 20 minute workout followed by you know a huge seven by one squat right followed by right. a mile sprint at the end you know like 100 burp 100 burpees that'll mess you up it goes you know? a long way it goes a long yeah. way that's true yeah that's true all right back to my second question which is what is one thing that you think would have an impact on your health but you have a hard time implementing it or something you're working on Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, I think that I am like at like a 90% um, efficiency with mm -hmm. my food, but I think that I could get, you know, a little bit more locked in there. Um, and I think I just need some professional guidance and I just have such a hard time asking for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mentioned about the humbling experience, right. Yeah. Of talking to people about how they first got sober, but now here it is with this food stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, I think I'm probably okay. And I know that that is, um, you know, I've listened to your podcast before. And I know that that is such a common answer that, mm -hmm. that people give. And, and I think it just really goes to show our relationship with food is just, it can be so challenging to everybody. And it can be so individual. Um, but I think, I think I would like to dial it in more there eventually. Yeah, that's great. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last question is what does a healthy life look like to you, Michael? I think that for me, a healthy life looks pretty close to what I'm doing now, but doing it consistently for the next, however long that mm -hmm. I have the opportunity to walk around on, on mm -hmm. earth, you know, and for me, it's not, it, it has, you know, my relationship with CrossFit has always been one of, of self-betterment. And, you know, I still can get into my head about a number on the bar or where I placed in a workout, but the goal is not to, it's not to win the open. I'm, I'm probably never going to win the <laughs> open, right? But the goal is for me to be able to run around and chase my son around and be okay with that. And then as I, you know, get older to be able to, you know, participate in whatever sort of activities he wants to do and like play with him, you know, like play sports or whatever. And I had a lot of great adults in my life who were able to do that with me. Um, and I look back on those times as some of my um, fondest memories, you know, mm -hmm. but then it's also just like in a really, really long term scale. It's like when I'm 80, I want to be able to hike a mountain, yeah. you know, like I want to be able to just be like, Hey, listen, you know what? I'm not hiking the same speed I was when I was, 50 or 40 or 30, but like I went out and I was able to do that and I could move pretty well. And like my body, I had a base, right. I had a base to sort of show up for life and, and do, you know, the movements that life demands. Right. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like what is a deadlift, but just lifting my son off the ground every right. day, you know, and it's it, like, yeah. yeah, that's like a really, it can be a really challenging, you know, 26 pound deadlift if you do it 500 times in a day, <laughs> you know? So like you need, you need that base to, to be able to do that. And every time he says, you know, like up, it's like, all right, we're going up. You know? <laughs> we got this. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about throwing your back out or anything like that. That's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, this has been so great, Michael. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your insight. And you can just tell you have so much gratitude for the the process that you've gone through and passion for sharing it with other people and just this being on this path of constantly improving um, and wanting to be your best and help other people along the way. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Yeah, thank you, Julian. You know, this this path has led me to all these great things, right? Like, a family, you know, a great life, you know, talking to you, right. Just through like, Hey, CrossFit spirituality. All right. Sure. We'll talk about that. You know, like <laughs> all of those things. And so, yeah, it's like, it's like, you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's great. That's incredible. Well, glad that our paths have crossed as well. And I'm excited to see what's in store for you in the future. Thanks so much, Julie. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you or someone you know has a story to share on a future episode of Pursuing Health, please write me at info at pursuing-health.com. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please also consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people.